everyone, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Long Podcast Studio Sessions. I am your host, Dylan Mark Murphy, and today we are chatting about one of the most iconic songs on Fearless, which is Change. And I am joined today by one of the coolest people I know from Swift Talk. Like, I absolutely adore her with my entire being. It's an honor to be in her virtual presence right now, truly. Um, I'm joined with Paris. Paris, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Um, yeah, I'm Paris. I have a little TikTok account, um, Taylor Swift TikTok account. Um, I have been a Swifty since like Fearless Day. So that's why I'm very excited to be on the Fearless song. Um, and my favorite album is Lover. I am a huge Lover fan. So, as you should be. I yeah. love that. I love when people come on here and say their favorite album is Lover because the only album we don't talk about enough is Lover. Lover. Well, and debut, but you know, like, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to, we're going to jump right into it and get to know a little bit about Paris and why change is one of her favorite Taylor Swift songs. So let's just dive in. I've made this joke like a hundred times, but let's just dive in head first fearless um so <laughs> jump uh, and fall <laughs> jump and fall <laughs> um why is change one of your favorite songs on fearless and one of your favorite songs in general yes okay well first of all i think this song is so underappreciated so hopefully anything i say can lead people to appreciate it a little bit more um but first of all I really just love the simplicity of it like I think it can be interpreted in so many different ways and like you can you can kind of like find different messages in it because it's so simple and like she doesn't exactly specify the point that she's like trying to get across like what things will change you know and I also think it's like kind of the start of her making songs that have messages of like fighting for something you know, like change was kind of the start of songs like You Need to Calm Down, Mad Woman, The Man, obviously very different songs, but like, you know, kind of that, it's like a little more understated because she's not specifying like what she's like, you know, implying change for, which I love. And I just think it's a very powerful song too. And the bridge and it just, yeah. I, I, love, it. I love it. It's definitely the blueprint for her more, um, I guess, like, I guess activist might be the right word, like mm-hmm. the the fight for your right kind of songs. Like, um, yeah, she's definitely, and it's so vague too that you can't apply it to like, yeah, everything. yeah. And I kind of like trace it back to like in Miss Americana when she's talking about how like she didn't really ever give her opinions because she wanted to like just be a good girl and not really say anything. And so that's why I feel like it's cool that change is like kind of broad because she was like doing that without doing it if that makes sense so right no it, it makes perfect sense and I guess she still got her point across too because you know yeah you see it that way so that just just makes sense yeah. um mm-hmm. so we talked a little bit about your interpretation and how you see the song but like um what does it mean to you like your connection to it um how do you interpret it because it is so vague like what brings you to it yeah um we'll start off with like kind of what it means to me so I feel this came out when I was like seven and I like really wanted to start getting to like music and like singing and stuff. And so I started taking vocal lessons and I started taking vocal lessons at my church and stuff. And at the end of like the term of taking music lessons, all the music kids will like put on like a show. And so my vocal coach picked change because Fearless had just came out. And so this was like the song she picked for me to sing. 
And as I was learning the song, I was like, oh my gosh, I love this song. And like, I want to start writing songs and like singing. And so I do like write songs, but it's kind of just like something I do because it's comforting, like therapeutic for me. But like change was literally why I started doing that because I was like a literal child when the song came out, but I was like still able to understand it. So that says something because it's like, it's so simple. Even kids can understand it and like interpret it how you want as you grow up and like, yeah. So it was kind of like the start of that little part of like important part of my life. So very sentimental. <laughs> I love it. Obviously nostalgia plays a really big part in a lot of the early albums Absolutely. really enjoying it. Um, so I think that's really cool. That's also a really cool connection in general. And to point out that, you know, the song is so it's because it was used for like the Olympics, like the Olympics mm-hmm. promo too. And to, mm-hmm. those are obviously like, full grown adults doing like huge things with their lives. And also to have like, you know, be like eight, nine, 10, like a little kid. And this song still have that much of an impact on you. Yeah. So cool that this song is versatile like that. Whereas songs, you know, like there are are a few other like happier activist songs that, you know, might not apply to every Mm -hmm. situation, but change that song. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, Definitely. I, I love that. I love that. And I love that you just <laughs> you love this song because of that. And nostalgia is enough for people to enjoy things and it should be. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so this next question is a little more difficult just because two parts um, and because of Taylor's version kind of like throws people for a loop. So we're going to do it two different ways. Track placement um, of change on platinum edition. It is a on platinum and the regular version. It's the closer of the album. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this song specifically works as a closer? Yes, I think it's one of her most perfect closers. And I think it gets overshadowed by her other closers because she's so good at picking like opening and closing tracks. But like the way that the song ends, it's her just like belting hallelujah. And like, I think too, most of Fearless is like, has some form of like teen heartbreak, whether it's like in a romantic sense or not. And so I think ending with one of like the few songs that's a little more general and like it ends so victorious too. So it's like, I just think it's perfect as an album closer. And I just, yeah, I love it. I think it was a good decision. Absolutely. And I think that because so much of the album is filled with um, a heartbreak and even if you're like 17, 18, you know, like the song works in that sense that it's like you you're overcoming like difficulties in friendships or in relationships or work or whatever. It's just so mm-hmm. applicable and versatile that it's so cool that it can encompass or no, oh, is that the right word? It can capture the essence of the entire album and yes. wrap it up with a cute little bow. Yes. I love that. And this one is a little more different just because it obviously on Taylor's version is no longer a closer. Um, mm-hmm. This one is, sandwiched between the best day and jump and fall. So I would like to hear your thoughts on that. And then whether you prefer it the other way around, like as a closer, or if it's okay between these two songs. Yeah. I mean, I definitely prefer it as a closer just because of like how the song ends and it just makes perfect sense. Um, I don't think it's like the most abrupt of her transitions going from those three songs. Obviously, we've seen a little more abrupt, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I think it's fine. But I just like, I think as an album closer, it's just like perfect, but it's, it's fine the other way. 
I just think it's a little better as a closer. <laughs> Definitely. It's not make or break. And I feel like sometimes we look at the deluxe track as like, or the deluxe tracks as their own like chapter. And it's yeah. like, like when listening to 1989, because she's telling such a specific story through 1989 to go from like clean to wonderland, which are pretty much the opposite different, very different songs, um, (laughs) but like not instance, you know, you close it off. You're like, that's. Yeah. Yeah. And how I always see it is like her album closer is what she intended to be as the album closer and the deluxe tracks or bonus tracks are just like what she didn't want to leave out, but didn't want to entertain herself. And so I always just focus on like the last song of the main album, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Absolutely. I get you. That makes perfect yeah. sense too. And also like the, like, I don't know how to explain it, but thinking about like how the deluxe tracks are like songs she didn't want to leave off. And now that we've got Taylor's version and we're getting these vault songs now, it's like, yeah. you're getting yeah. deluxe songs to the deluxe songs. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Extra songs that she didn't want to leave off. <laughs> yeah. So you've got all these like, like different chapters going on specifically in like these re-recordings. Cause if she sprinkle, like she's sprinkling in, um, Ronan, Better Man, Babe, all of those songs, which we've heard before, mm-hmm. just different, like, like that's got its own little chapter. Then you've got the actual vault song yeah. and then you've got like read itself up at top. So yeah, it you with definitely imagining and fearless change is always going to be the closer, no matter how you yes. it. It Yeah, just, this makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what is your, um, oh, I'm losing my place. Do you think that this song would work on any other album. You can look at it two different ways. I've seen people look at it um, lyrically and sonically, you know, like if you took the lyrics out and gave it a different beat, would it work on a different album kind of thing? I'm open to interpretation. Yeah, Um, I think for the most part, no. I think Fearless has like, it's a very niche vibe, if that makes sense in comparison to the rest of her album. It's like very like teen, high school like country pop like I I don't know it's just very specific to me and I feel like change fits in that album and like yeah I can't see it going in like I can't see it on debut because it's not country enough and then I can't see it anywhere after because I think her songwriting developed a lot after Fearless especially Speak Now that's like lyrically in my opinion her best album and so um yeah I just think it fits perfectly like on Fearless just the vibe production wise and like songwriting wise. I just can't really see it on any other album. Definitely. And I noticed that a lot when asking this question too, is that the, the immediate thought is like the two albums next to it. And very mm-hmm. rarely are people like, you know, you could put the song on an album that's super far in advance because she switches, you know, you shift genres. Yeah. Every album is like a different genre at that point. Right. Super yeehaw country, country pop, yeah. rock. <laughs> country country pop and then yeah like, just full bubblegum pop so it's really yeah. cool to slip her songs on yeah albums too yeah definitely totally respect that and I I'm like honestly I don't think like like I love the hallelujah part of this song it's it's absolutely mm-hmm. iconic especially that super long note at the end that she does mm-hmm. uh, but I just can't imagine her throwing like the hallelujah onto any other album no I don't think it would work. <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah. If she like put that on speak now after she plays better than revenge. That's perfect. Actually, actually last kiss and then follow it up with change. We just get rid of long live. <laughs> yep. 
Perfect. And that would break my heart because that's my favorite Taylor Swift song ever. So that's it. Goodbye, long live. Hello, change 2.0. <laughs> so what is your all-time favorite lyric from this song? Oh, yes. Okay, this kind of goes back to like how I interpret it. So for a while I like didn't analyze Taylor Swift songs. Like I just kind of listened to them. And then I joined Swift Talk and I was like, everyone is like writing essays about <laughs> these songs that like they're interpreting. And I was like, I felt so behind. And so I was like, change, that's always been one of my favorite songs. So like, has Taylor ever said anything about it? I didn't think she did because it's so underrated and like not talked about a lot. But I found this interview with her from 2008 saying there that she wrote this song about being on a small record label. We all know what that record label is and being a 16 year old girl and having like a lot of ads, uh, odds, excuse me, stacked up against her. And um, she said something like a lot of people, if given those odds would say it's not going to work. Um, and so it's like kind of like a domino effect. I'll, I'll get my point across, but um yeah, and so obviously we know what happened with her record label and how they kind of screwed her over. And in the song, she talks about um, the lyric, these walls that they put up to hold us back will fall down. And I think it's just so full circle. First of all, Fearless was the first re-recording that she did. And so the fact that she, you know, went through the whole thing with her record label and the re-recording and then she got to re-record this song like first, like for the re-recording saying, these walls that they put up to hold us back fell down, which is the last lyric in the song. And I just think it's the most full circle moment ever because she's almost like narrating her own situation that she's been going through the past couple of years with the re-recording and like being betrayed by, you know, the people that helped her start her career and stuff. And so, yeah. And the fact that she starts it off by saying, these walls that they put up to hold us back will fall down. And then in like the down course bridge at the end of the song, she says it was the night things changed. These walls that they put up to hold us back fell down. And I just like, I just think it's so beautiful and like so sentimental and so powerful how like it's so full circle with the re-recordings. And I love that it was the first re-recording that she put out because I just think it fits perfectly. And I just think that lyric is so good. But I don't know if any of that makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense. And I think that's like the coolest thing about listening to these re-recordings, like wish they didn't have to happen, but at the same time, it's like listening to, and I mean, this is like a point in one of like, um, uh, the superstar episode that I recorded is like to hear a 31 year old, 30 year old Taylor Swift singing these lyrics that have definitely, definitely have different meanings now mm -hmm. and different impacts and whatnot. And it's like, like change is a good example um, yeah. because of, you the know, best exactly, day how, exactly how you explained it. It, it yeah. makes perfect sense. And I was talking yeah. with Haley in the superstar episode and she's like, you know, it's just so funny to think of 30 year old mega super pop star, Taylor Swift, thinking that she's like this guy on the stage doesn't know who she is kind of thing with superstar. And yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. the change. that goes Yeah. Out. I just like, I just think starting the re-recordings off with Fearless was so genius because there's so many songs on there that it's like so sentimental for her to be re-recording like like 15 and The Best Day and Change and Superstar like it's just I can't imagine like what she felt like re-recording the songs and it's just it's crazy um yeah 
something I think is really interesting specifically about this song. And I just think it's, I don't know how familiar you are with like the release order of these songs, because this song came out like six months before like the lead single, like love story actually came out. And I want to know if you like, I haven't done any research on this, so I have no idea, but the, um, if it was like intended for fearless, if you think so, because I know that it was released and put on the Olympics before it was actually on, like before fearless even came out before they got a track list or anything. And I just think it's really interesting that this song was released for the Olympics and then was put on this album at the end. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't looked in that, into that, so I don't know, but I think maybe it could be, like, how she recorded Only the Young, just, like, if she wrote and recorded that song. She didn't end up putting it on an album, mm-hmm. but, like, I wonder if Change, it was just, like, she wrote that song for something or just, like, wrote it on the side and then ended up including it, but I don't know. I should look into that. But Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I don't know. I'm always so confused by that when I, like, because when I did, I did, like, an essay on Fearless at one point, and I was, like, Change was the first song from this album? That is such a random yeah. song to choose. Yeah. Um, but I I just think it's so interesting, because also looking at the vault tracks, you can tell how many songs she wrote, like, at different times, and then maybe just slipped yeah. them onto this album at some point, so... Yeah. We will never know how our mind works. Right. It's just so interesting (laughs) to think about. Um, Okay. My next question is, um, what would you rate this song on a scale from one to 13? Oh, I should have seen this coming. Um, I, okay. Well, here's the thing. I know like that it's not her best song, like songwriting and not her best production. Um, However, I just think like with the journey of the song between the original and the re-recording, like I just think it's so sweet and powerful and sentimental. So I'm going to give it a 12 out of 10 because like I said, I know it's not her best songwriting or her best production or one of her like objectively best songs. I don't know if Christy's like to use the word objectively, but <laughs> but um, yeah, but I just think like the meaning of the song is really special. I would love to hear like what the song is to her now but who knows if we'll ever get that maybe (laughs) and I I I appreciate that you still you acknowledge that you know obviously she has better work because she's grown and matured and done so much between 2008 and 2021 Um, yeah so like obviously you can grow and change (laughs) you can change there you go um that's what the song's about (laughs) Um, uh so my my hot seat question is what Taylor Swift songs, would you give a 13? What, like two or three of them? Oh, okay. Well, I am the biggest The Last Great American Dynasty fan. I think that is one of her best songs that she's ever written. Um, I could write a 10-page essay on it. (laughs) I would give The Last Great American Dynasty a 13 out of 10, hands down. Um, Oh, gosh. I also would give Long Live a 13 out of 10 because that song and like the connection with the fans and everything I just think it's really special and the songwriting really good um and then the last one I think new romantics I think that's just like the definition of pop perfection so I would give that a 13 out of 10 and that's that's a lot of variety too you've got like one pop song you've got one like upbeat song from folklore and then you've got long live which is definitely like a ballady yeah jam power ballad yeah Yeah, because I feel like with with Swifties, it's like 
in order for a song to be, you know, 13 out of 10 or at the top of the ranking, I feel like sometimes we think it has to be the most lyrically complex, like super well produced, but I'm like, there are other things that go into a, like a good song. And so I think it just depends. I mean, it obviously depends on taste. People will have very different answers than I do, but um, that's the beauty of Taylor Swift. She has such a variety. For sure. And it's all personal preference. And there's not really a wrong answer either. It's just whatever you enjoy, mm-hmm. like uh, the melody can be enough for some people. Like if it sounds pretty, it doesn't have yeah. to be lyrically complex. Like I was like, uh, like coming with the rain is melody is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I can't understand anything she's saying, but I think the melody nope. is gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, that's, that's enough for me to like, like it enough, you know? And I think I I have one question. What are your thoughts on right where you left me? Okay. I was not on the hype train for the longest time because it came out and like, it was all over TikTok. People were obsessing over that song and I listened to it and I was like, yeah, this is good. I like wasn't up there in my ranking or Mm -hmm. my favorites. Um, But yeah, I think, I think it's really good storytelling. Um, I appreciate really good storytelling in a song, which is why the last great American Night. That's what I was going to say. (laughs) So yeah, I, it's definitely grown on me and I appreciate the songwriting a lot. Um, I understand why it was a deluxe track though on Evermore. I feel like it wouldn't really fit in the full album, but as a deluxe track, really good. For sure. I was going (laughs) off of it because I've been connecting lots of dots with people who really like, um, the last great American dynasty and long live. And then um, all too well. And I feel like they're mm-hmm. always like really big fans of right where you left me because all four of those songs are really good yeah. at storytelling. Yeah. You get like a yeah. full like arc. It's not like, like I yep. love dear John, but dear John, you just get like the negatives and the mm-hmm. breakup and that that's mm-hmm. it. Whereas like those songs that are like, like you get her like a whole full blown novel. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I totally totally agree I also right where you left me was like it's so fast-paced that I was like I I can't understand what's happening here I'm gonna go sit and stare at genius for like 45 minutes and try to figure it <laughs> <Yeah>. out <laughs> um, yeah so those were those were all of my questions is there anything you'd like to add say speak now or forever hold your peace um, um the floor is yours if you want it um, I don't think so. I would just like to say that you guys should stream change until it grows on you because it's a good song. <laughs> it's the perfect, I firmly believe it's the perfect shower song too, just because of the hallelujah. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> like, honestly, I'm not even religious, but like, hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't, you can take it in a religious sense or not. Yeah. So that's, there's so it's such such a versatile song cannot stress it enough um but yeah that was all for this episode of the long podcast studio sessions where we chatted about change with one of the coolest people i know paris absolute sweetheart cannot stress that enough either um i hope you enjoyed it and thank you for listening this far because obviously you never have to so thank you for doing that and i just hope you are staying safe washing your hands drinking water and having a great rest of your day i'm gonna play the change outro probably the hallelujah and we're just gonna hope that taylor swift doesn't sue me um have a great rest of your day and adios